The late Princess Diana is known for more than her marriage to Prince Charles of Wales or her keen sense of fashion. Diana is notably known for her compassionate heart and willingness to care for the downtrodden in society. Diana was intentional to care for children and also for the elderly, but she also became focused on raising awareness towards the social attitudes towards HIV-AIDS patients and for a program through the International Red Cross that sought to remove and eliminate landmines. I remember watching a documentary about Princess Diana a few years after her death in 1997, and I distinctly remember seeing footage of her taking her two young sons at that time, William and Harry, to serve at a homeless shelter. Diana lived in royalty. Anything she wanted was at her disposal, and yet she chose to enter into the phrase of the real world, not because she desired media attention, but because she felt a need to be grounded. In an HBO documentary entitled Diana, Our Mother, Her Life and Legacy, her son William speaks of her saying, she always understood that there was a real life outside of the palace walls and her immediate warmth was always there for whoever she met. Now, although Diana knew that her sons would grow up with silver spoons in their mouths, she didn't want them to lose sight of the realities of so many who struggle and who need help. And so she raised them with an awareness to see the expendables and to treat them as royalty. And her intentionality in doing so continues to be a part of both William and Harry's lives as they continue to be a part of the charities that she supported despite being in the spotlight. Princess Diana's eyes were open to see beyond her own bubble to care for the poor, and the hurting in their midst. As we continue our sermon series today entitled Images of Jesus, we come to a passage in Mark's gospel in which we see Jesus as a healer. Last week, together, we talked about Jesus being the savior of sinners, and we found him in a place called Jericho, where he meets a man named Zacchaeus, a tax collector who was not liked by any in his own society. Today we find Jesus leaving Jericho, and this comes from Mark's gospel, so we have to assume as we try to synchronize the gospel accounts that Jesus had been in Jericho, that he met with Zacchaeus, stayed at his house, ate with him, and as he was leaving to go to Jerusalem, he encounters this man named Bartimaeus who yells at him and will not let him go without seeing him. Jesus is on a mission. He is headed to Jerusalem to be welcomed as King of the Jews on what we know as Palm Sunday, in which folks will wave palm branches and welcome him. Before he makes his way out of Jericho, his focus is diverted to this man, Bartimaeus. Mark says, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then he rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. A blind beggar is sitting on the roadside doing what he does every single day, begging for alms. He can't see, so it's impossible for him to go and get a job and care for himself. 
And so every day he goes to work, sitting on the road as people pass him by, begging for their mercy to extend him support. And I am sure that he is well known by all of the locals who are gathered there. And I'm sure there are many who pass by him every single day and pay him no attention. For to many, Bartimaeus is just a nuisance. But there are some who are compassionate and who will provide him food and drink and maybe even money to help care for himself. Bartimaeus is his name and somehow he realizes that Jesus is passing by him. He probably heard someone say his name as they were talking to him along the road. And I am sure that he knew who Jesus was because he's probably heard the stories about Jesus cleansing the leper or healing the paralytic or raising Jairus' daughter from the dead or maybe even healing a blind man. Jesus has performed all kinds of miracles and word about him has spread all over Israel. And once he realizes that Jesus is near, he immediately shouts out his name, calling him the son of David, of which no other person in Jesus' ministry has called him. He begs him for mercy, of which he's become daily accustomed to doing as others have passed by him. And some nearby hear him shouting and they got irritated by him. And so they told him to be quiet and to stop doing what he was doing. But he refuses to be silenced by anyone. If anything, it just fuels him to continue to shout aloud, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus, hearing him, stops walking. And he asks his disciples to call to him. Says, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Now, Bartimaeus may be blind, but he's definitely not mute and he's not deaf. He knows who Jesus is. And he knows that this is his one opportunity to get his attention. And that's exactly what he does. Jesus redirects his attention to a man who is often passed by, who is often silenced, and who cannot help himself. Yet when Bartimaeus approaches him, Jesus asks him what he wants him to do for him. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems kind of like an odd question for Jesus to ask Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus cannot see. He is blind. Doesn't Jesus know this? I mean, this is the same Jesus last week when we read in Luke's gospel that went to this tree that this short Jewish guy named Zacchaeus was in and he called him by his name and said, I must stay at your house. Can't Jesus know that this man is blind? Doesn't Jesus know that he needs to heal this man's infirmities? It seems so obvious to us, but the truth is is that Jesus has been approached by many in his ministry over time who want things that Jesus isn't interested in giving. In fact, well, just a few uh, verses before this, Jesus is traveling along the road with his disciples. And James and John ask him a question. Jesus reaches out to them and says, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, Jesus, we want power to sit on your right and left in your kingdom. Jesus is not interested in giving that. A rich man approaches Jesus and he wants eternal security at the lowest cost 
possible. Jesus isn't interested in giving that. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they want to make him look bad. Jesus isn't interested in giving them that. You see, Jesus needs to ask him what he wants to make sure that his wants are pure. You know, he may just ask for money. He is a beggar, right? But he doesn't. No, he simply asks to be able to see. And apparently Jesus is pleased at his request. So he tells him, go, your faith has healed you. Now Jesus doesn't touch him. He doesn't speak any special Aramaic words that would appear as magic in order to heal him. He doesn't even wave his hand over his eyes or spit into mud and make saliva and put it on his eyes to heal him. Jesus just tells him to go. Your faith has healed you. And immediately, Bartimaeus receives his sight and then immediately disobeys Jesus by following him along the road to Jerusalem. Jesus heals him. He corrects his vision. And in doing so, Bartimaeus joins the other disciples and travels with Jesus to Jerusalem, where he will be a part of the crowd who cheers, Hosanna! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. You see, Bartimaeus was blind. But when it came to Jesus, he could see better than most. You see, he had the utmost faith that Jesus could heal him, even though he never once saw Jesus perform a miracle. And the disciples who were with Jesus, they've seen everything that Jesus has done with their own eyes. They've witnessed him heal people and do the miraculous. They've seen him change water into wine at a wedding banquet. But yet they're still unsure of who he was and they think they're going into jerusalem for jesus to be made king even when he's told them what's going to happen to him and yet in his entire ministry peter his disciple is the only one to speak of jesus as the messiah until bartimaeus declared him as the son of david Bartimaeus sees who Jesus is, even though he cannot lay his eyes on him. He knows what Jesus can do, even though he's never witnessed it for himself. And he refuses to be silent when the one who can heal every infirmity is walking by. And his faith in Jesus is rewarded as Jesus opens his eyes to see him face to face. Bartimaeus' eyes are opened And he refuses to go back to begging again. In fact, he leaves behind his only possession, which is his cloak. And his cloak was important for him because, one, it kept him warm at night when it got cold. And, two, he used that cloak to lay out before people so that they could give their alms to him. His only possession is left behind because he can see clearly and he knows who Jesus is. And his sight allows him to follow him to Jerusalem. The prophet Isaiah's words come alive as Bartimaeus begins to follow him. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Jesus is the great physician, the healer of our infirmities. And his name is above all disabilities that prevent us from living as we should. Jesus is the son of David, 
but more importantly, the Son of God. Royalty like no other, but he still takes time to care for the expendables who sit by the roadside and beg for mercy. But how about us? How about us? You see, the interesting thing about this story to me is the irony of who's blind. Bartimaeus can see, even though he's blind as a bat. But those who are walking with Jesus seem blind to what's going on, even though they can see perfectly. No one reaches out to help blind Bartimaeus get to Jesus for healing in this story, which is very different from a story in Mark's gospel in which a paralyzed man who couldn't get himself to Jesus is carried by four of his friends and they can't get him into the house where Jesus is because the crowds are so large. So they hoist him up on top of a roof and they rip open that roof and they begin to lower him down, interrupting his teaching before everybody so that he can be healed. But that is not what happens here in this text. In fact, everyone passes by this beggar. And when he begins to shout out, they tell him to hush and to be quiet because Jesus is too important to be bothered by such a lowly person. The disciples who follow Jesus, they become a part of his entourage, looking out for themselves rather than paying attention to those in need of healing. They become so focused on their own status with Jesus, they begin to neglect the people that Jesus came to care for. You see, Jesus' ministry focused on the untouchables, the unlovables, and the unnoticed. And as healer, Jesus changed their lives by healing their diseases, but in doing so, he also opened their eyes to see him most clearly. And the truth is, is that Jesus heals more than just our infirmities. He heals our hearts, and he calls us to follow in his ways. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like our vision can become clouded. We think that we see clearly, but, well, sometimes we're just as blind as bats, too. You know, this is the last miracle story in the Gospel of Mark before Jesus is arrested. And I believe that Jesus takes the time to not only heal Bartimaeus because he cares for him, but to also remind his disciples of what's most important to him. Like the disciples, we need Jesus to heal us, to open up our eyes to see the needy among us. We need to pay attention to the beggars that we encounter or ignore on a daily basis. And you know, they may not be on the street corners asking for money or holding up a cardboard sign. They might actually be colleagues of ours who need someone to stop and simply listen to them. They may not be physically blind. But they are blind to the life that Jesus offers to all of us. As we turn on our televisions, we see the horrors of war as Ukraine continues to be attacked by Russia. We see the anguish and the hurt and the struggle and the pain right before our very eyes. And I have to be honest, it's kind of easy to turn the channel to get away from it because it's so hard to see it's easier to focus on sports, you know, like watching the Duke Carolina game, not that I was going to bring that up in the sermon today, or any other thing that you could watch, or maybe your favorite sitcom, that keeps us from having to see the realities of what's going on overseas. 
In some ways, it can be easy not to listen or to pay attention to what's going on because it's not here on our turf. It's easier to focus on ourselves and complain about gas prices that are soaring or inflation. And while we can't travel there to help the wounded or maybe feed the hungry, we can stop what we are doing like Jesus did and we can hear those cries for mercy. Ukrainians are pleading for help. And we can pray for the Son of David to have mercy upon them too. To bring healing to everyone affected by this horrible war. We can pray for peace and for wisdom for the leaders of our countries to do everything that they can to help them. But the one thing that we must not do is to remain blinded to the cries of those who beg for mercy. Jesus has come to open our eyes to see that and to live in his ways. Like Bartimaeus, may we cry out for Jesus to have mercy upon us so that we can clearly see the Bartimaeuses that are among us. And not only to pray to see them, but also to act with compassion by helping them in the ways that Jesus would want us to do. You know, we may not be able to heal their infirmity. We may not be able to make their pain go away. But we know the one who can. And we can be disciples who help by bringing them to Christ in their greatest time of need. And here's the good news. The good news is that you don't have to be the princess of Wales. You don't even have to be the son of God to do this. You just have to open your eyes to see the beggars that God's placed right before you. And if you say, Jeff, I can't see them, well, I would implore you to ask Jesus to heal your blindness. And I assure you one thing, he will answer that prayer. For he indeed is the great healer. He did it for Bartimaeus. And I can assure you that he will do it for us too. Friends, may it be so this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.